is Dr. Tom Pritchard. You're listening to the numero uno podcast in all of professional wrestling, the Spanish announced baby. The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, what's going on over there? It's episode 293 of the Spanish Announce Table. It's episode of Friday night. Uh, Spanish Announce Table down. Yeah, so we're recording a day late. Uh, apologies if this comes out a little later than you're expecting. Uh, unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately, because uh, I'm able to get back to uh, my part-time work with the Athletic Commission for the state of Kansas. Uh, but last night was an Invicta show. Uh, if you watched it on UFC Fight Pass, you saw my wonderful, good-looking, handsome self holding up the open-scoring uh, notepads. They're not notepads, but uh, I guess iPads. It wasn't an iPad, but whatever we're calling it. Tablet? Yeah, there you go. Um, I was holding up the tablet of the open-scoring, as Kansas is the only state in the union that does open-scoring for mixed martial arts. Helped uh, implement that. Uh, so we're still hey, wait, getting pause. better and better each show. Pause. Okay. You're telling me you got Kansas, the state of Kansas, to be at the forefront of something? Yes. And like new and, and innovative? and Yes, and that goes credit to our athletic commis- commissioner in the state of Kansas. Now, I live on the Missouri side, but with Kansas City, it's like I can literally throw a baseball and then I'm on the side of Kansas, right? Um, but credit to the athletic commissioner, Adam uh, Raybach, uh, he was presented this idea. He went to people who he deemed were experts, uh, not only, um, you know, people familiar with the sport, but also outside counsel to, you know, get a more, uh, outside the bubble perspective. Uh, he implemented what he thought was a good plan. Uh, we kind of workshopped some pros and cons to the, um, process and it's still a working process. So, for example, what we initially thought was uh, in a five-round fight, for example, a title fight. Let's just use that as the example. In the third round, we thought a fighter would want to see the cumulative score, right? So it's 30-27 after three rounds. And so we've done this now. This is our seventh event that we've done op- open scoring and actually, former uh, UFC champion Max Holloway came in uh, from Hawaii to shadow us for our first ever uh, open scoring, and he gave us feedback. And one of his points was, "If I'm a if I'm a coach, I don't I only have a minute to talk to my fighter. I don't necessarily want to know uh, the cumulative score because if it's a close fight, I don't need to be doing math while I'm also trying to give." my fighter instruction. So I just want to know what happened that previous round. Did I win? Did my fighter win the previous round? So now we've implemented, uh, letting the fighter know only that score, letting them know the cumulative score. And also last night we tested out a, uh, a two, um, screen approach where they would see both the cumulative and the last round. So, uh, it's still a work in progress, but man, it's fun to be a part of history, especially for a sport that I love. So, uh, kind of circling back around. That is why That's, we are a day yeah. late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is neat. I um, I, I wish you could get the state to be a little more innovative on the forefront of some other things. But that is neat. I did see you sent the video out. Of yeah, you, it was uh, fun. I made it on UFC Fight Pass. 
it was just the the movement. If I if I can liken it to anything of you holding this thing up and trying to like make sure they saw it was was close to like when a kid is like, "Mom, mom, can we buy this? Mom, mm. mom, mom." Well, it was, yeah, was well, kind of like it was like, "Hey, you guys seeing this? You fucking seen it? Like, look at it. We did all this work. Look at it." So funny story about that. If you if you go on my uh, Twitter account at uh, tmac underscore eight one six, you'll see the video there. I retweeted it. Uh, thank goodness that. Uh, we were wearing masks for two reasons. One, obviously safety precautions because of the pandemic and a uh, virus that's taking over the world. Uh, and two, because uh, if you pay attention to that video, the corner man was a friend of the show and my best man in my wedding and one of my best friends, Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez. He was cornering uh, Alexa Cup, uh, Culp um, in her pro debut. And Anthony in the video was essentially shoulder to shoulder with Alexa giving instructions, which meant he had his back to me. So my mask was covering my mouth uh, and obviously my nose, but was covering my mouth. And what you don't see, because I think the commentators were talking over the audio is I kept saying fighter, 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 fighter. <laughs> As he got out of the cage when the uh, 10 second um, warning uh, w- was clapped in and the corners leave the cage, I go, Hey, Anthony, I've got the score here. He goes, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I'm like, Yeah, just tell her next time. Uh, she ended up winning by, uh, by submission. So we didn't have a second round to do that. But yeah, uh, I did look like a kid with candy trying to get a hold of their parents. Uh, but I was also. Uh, really trying to get hold of the corner man because he wasn't looking at me. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I look so childish in that, uh, in that video. That's fun. This is fun. I, you know, childish. Um, that's, that is neat though. That's, that's cool that you're doing something. I didn't do any of that. What did you do? Anything? No, man. Well, I can tell you something else I did. Uh, if you, uh, if you want to join me maybe next week's episode, I'm still drinking this Terramana. I tell you what, Tim, this Terramana tequila, and you know me, the rock for me, I'm not, you know, going to sing his praises and tell you that he's the greatest wrestler I've ever seen. He's obviously one of my favorites, but he's in like, if I'm being completely transparent, he's in my like 20 to 30 range. If I was like listing Mm -hmm. out my favorite uh, wrestlers and maybe I'll do a top 50 that's way down the road, but just spitballing, he would probably be in that 20 to 30, but this tequila. And this might be in my top five. It is so good. So, so good. Drinking it right now, actually. So uh, props to The Rock for making a damn good tequila. It's as good as his promos uh, or a WrestleMania match he had in his career. That's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah. No, you know, um, my, my wife and I, we did do like a little um, kind of a uh, little side date, right? We went and got some takeout from a place, you know, or some curbside pickup, you know. And went and, uh, you know, we ate food and watched, um, uh, you know, like season 10 of Shameless on Netflix, right? Um, mm. So there's that, right? We started watching yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just, like I said, we're trying to, uh, you know, we're just trying to uh, stay home a lot, you know, if we can. Oh, of course. Then, yeah, know, of course. Yeah. Is that yeah. your show of choice right now? Is that your binging show outside of pro wrestling? Yeah, that's the only Shameless? thing we're watching. I, yeah, I haven't been. I haven't really watched anything other than wrestling, you know, seriously in forever. Well, um, I will give. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I lose interest really easily, even with some of the best shows that people are like, "You got to see this." I, I just, I don't. 
I don't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Breaking Bad was huge. No, um, that's my favorite. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, best show I ever made. Yeah, uh, sure. And then, you know, uh, Shameless is really good, but it's been going on for 10 years, you know? Right. Um, yeah, you know? Well, I, don't know. I, will give you, I will give you a recommendation and also a tip for the well-rounded pro wrestling fan. Uh, I am currently watching Billions. It's currently on Showtime. Unfortunately, they're in the middle of season five, and it should have been completed, but then the coronavirus hit, so they stopped production. So they got like six episodes into season five. Uh, I'm still in season four. Uh, fantastic show. It's about, it's loosely based off of a hedge fund owner uh, and the uh, U.S. Attorney General in the state of New York, and essentially a cat and mouse game between a hedge fund guy who's worth, you know, $15 billion in real life. Um, but the character's, you know, worth billions of dollars. He's doing insider trading. The attorney general is trying to crack down and catch him in uh, some schemes. And so it's all this cat and mouse game. Uh, the thing that I think uh, pro wrestling fans will like about it is the creators uh, are wrestling fans as well. I actually became aware of the show because the, uh, one of the creators was a guest on Sam Roberts wrestling podcast. And throughout the show, uh, you'll hear little pro wrestling terminology for example uh the hedge fund guy bobby axelrod uh in a conference he just gets pissed and he storms off right he gets mad at another person in this uh, panel discussion and he storms off it causes this whole commotion because you know rich people acting out that's controversial right and uh he's backstage and he has a drink and the moderator is another billionaire you know kind of guy and uh, Bobby goes, hey, I'm so sorry for causing a scene there. He goes, are you kidding me? I couldn't get that much heat if it was Ric Flair in 86. So it's like you get little things like that throughout the show. Uh, another example, uh, Dan Soder, the stand-up comedian, he is a character in Billions. And one of his bonuses on top of the money, I think he got like a $2 million bonus, was a uh, signed Hell in the Cell poster uh, from Undertaker and Mankind. So it's really fun that, you know, you get, you're get you getting all this, you know, real world, uh, you know, hedge fund, uh, insider trading, stock market, mumbo jumbo. And then just every so often these, these little kernels of pro wrestling fun uh, in there so it's a good show so if you got uh some time yeah. tim other than some pro wrestling i would recommend billions for that ass i'll take billions all right well hey <laughs> let's now get into as you kind of cut me off there because you just uh i thought you were gonna elaborate and i was drinking water so <laughs> no <Nope>. anyhow <laughs> no i just i mean i'll take billions you know all right there you go <laughs> thanks if you uh, got them i will take them yeah hey who won't uh let's get into some AEW and uh wwe um fun we we obviously uh skew a little bit more towards AEW, so we're going to start with dynamite uh kind of give you a recap of our thoughts on this past week's episode uh then touch a little bit on nxt and then uh, the main roster shows of smackdown and raw uh and then we'll wrap it up sprinkle in some tweet tables how does that sound tim that sounds amazing, and it sounds like a uh, like the greatest podcast ever made. Indeed, indeed. All right, so hey, before we get into our dynamite recap, I do want to share uh, with the audience and with you. I've told you this offline. 
watch this week's episode of AEW Dark just for the simple fact of Lance Archer's entrance. So I posted this on our social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. But Lance Archer grabs this one poor bastard by the belt buckle, carries him like a suitcase, and then launches his ass towards the ring, steps over him, and then starts the match. Uh, Tim, did you see this, and what did you think? I did see this. Uh, you sent it to me, and then I watched AW Dark later uh, in the week. Tom, I even watched Impact Wrestling this week. Um, wow. Credit to you. Yeah, right? I sat through the whole thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, dude, Lance Archer, I don't know if he, if he uh, you know, had a little something in the nose before he came out or something, but he was fired up, man. He was ready to go. Which is great. And this is, again, back-to-back moments for him that have really made me interested in his character as he kind of just floats around the AEW universe. Because obviously, you know, he had this one where he threw that poor bastard towards the ring from the entrance. And then he had that one the week before where he throws the other poor bastard through the roof. Puts his head damn through, damn near through the whole, you know, fiberglass or whatever the hell the roof was made of. Uh, while Jake Roberts was cutting a promo, Lance Archer, I was not a huge fan when he debuted. Didn't really, the murder hawk thing kind of fell flat for me. And as I mentioned before, he kind of is another character with Wardlow and another character, uh, with Jake Hager. They're kind of all the same thing. But if Lance Archer is going to continue to just, you know, create these fun, like Braun Strowman-esque type moments with, uh, enhancement talent, I want him on my TV screen. I'm a big fan of so far of Lance Archer post uh, TNT championship match. I agree. I like uh, all of it. It um, he, he's, he's just, yeah, the murder hawk thing didn't sit with me well. I mean, it's, you know, for a nickname, yeah, whatever. I'm sure it looks cool on a tattoo or something. But, like, this this is, whatever this is, I like it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it may be hard to keep coming up with stuff, but but I like it. Yeah, it just it feels like. Uh, the best moments of early on Braun Strowman. Now it's a little bit different because Braun Strowman was doing, you know, flipping of uh, ambulance yeah, trucks and things stuff. like that. But yeah, this is a little bit more realistic. I could honestly think I could see in a bar fight or something, a six foot eight guy take a five foot nine guy and throw him across the room. Like that's more believable for me. So maybe that's why it hits a little bit better with me. Um, I do have a question for you about AEW, but since you had mentioned it, I feel like since we're a pro wrestling podcast, I need to get some feedback because I did not watch Impact. Uh, what were your thoughts on Impact Pro Wrestling? You know, uh, it it wasn't terrible, right? Um, but nothing is really, you know, stuck out to me like, oh man, all right, it's really getting good again or anything. But I might, you know, give it a shot again. Um, I, I do am intrigued by this EC3 thing, kind of like that you mentioned from before where he's, he's kind of Dexter Loomis, but not like he's talking and he's just, but he's kind of dark now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. Like now, kind of a wait they, and see still is how I'm at. Right. Now, do you think they're suffering? Because I have seen clips. I don't have, uh, I don't believe at least I don't have, uh, impact or uh, not impact. Uh, the channel it airs on was it access TV. 
Is it still, or is it like it's on the, it's Sinclair, but it, that's because Axis Bottom, right, or something like or that, or something. So yeah. the the channel that they that they air on, I don't think I have, uh, but I have seen clips on YouTube. Now, do you think Impact is suffering because of the three shows that we're going to be talking about, the other two, AEW and WWE? Uh, Impact doesn't have any fans uh, in their tapings. Do you think that's what's still the missing link for them? I doubt it. I just I I think it's still not. I don't know. Look, we stopped watching it a while ago, oh, yeah. and I don't know, oh, yeah. you know, a whole lot of the characters and the and the in the stuff going on. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a little more time, see if I can catch up. But I'm sure the missing piece is just that they're not, you know, it's fucking Impact Wrestling, man. What are you going right. <laughs> to? Yeah, you can only yeah. do so much, right? Yeah, they have a tall hill to climb up uh, to get over kind of the stink of what they used to be. And now they have so many new and then people what they in used there. To be. And right? Then what yeah. they used to be. <laughs> oh yeah, there's been 15 different relaunches of this brand. It feels like, uh, but now they've got all that new, you know, ex WWE talent. So they've got to uh, infuse that with the guys that they have there, like Moose and um, you know Eddie Edwards, things like that. So we'll see how that all works out. Heath Slater. Heath is now there. He's not calling himself Slater if you caught if you've uh, caught that. He's just Heath. Oh. He's a free agent Heath. So I don't know what's going oh, on. Maybe gosh. some contract thing, but he's just going by Heath so far. Uh, oh, ew! If he's, he can't pull a Cody, right? Heath isn't as cool. Yeah, I, yeah. That's like a isn't there a candy bar called Heath? Yes, he's got to yeah. do something different. Oh God! If you're in a feud with a guy named Heath, that's all you should do is just throw the candy bar at him and then walk away. See and like. His, I think the best thing he should have done was the I Got Kids thing, but I'm sure they've got that trademarked um, as far as like for pro wrestling merch and stuff mm-hmm. over in WWE. So, oh, yeah. Ugh, ugh. Yeah. What are you going to do with Heath? I don't know. He's He looks jacked, though. He's definitely taken the time away from WWE to work mm-hmm. on his fitness. He took that Jinder Mahal uh, Dining 101 class there. Yeah. He's getting on that WWE diet uh-huh, post WWE. Yeah. That whole completely natural. <laughs> Always is, brother. Yeah, always always is. is. Hey, so before uh, we're, we're keep on taking little sidetracks here, but I do want to ask you before we start uh, AEW Dynamite, um, the recap, uh, it was mentioned today that uh, new addition to the roster, uh, Eddie Kingston, the Mad yeah. King, is now mm-hmm. officially on the AEW roster. Couldn't be happier about that signing. However, it feels like we just saw Matt Cardona formerly Zack Ryder. Uh, we saw um, one of the Funkadactyls uh, making her appearance on Dynamite. Uh, obviously, we still have Brody Lee. We still have Jake Hager. Uh, what do you... Here's the question I have for you, Tim. Do you think with a two-hour weekly show that it is possible the AEW roster is a tad bloated? Yeah, it's possible. I, I tell you what, though. It's so far, I haven't minded minded you know i I don't mind so far just because i I think it is still leaving me with a little bit of you know anticipation right the shows are different each week right yeah we are not seeing the same folks each time so i gotta give them that right um and i don't feel like anything has gone so long i you know the only thing i think that we've out loud said like well hey what's going on with this is the dark order stuff with with colt cabana Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I, yes and no. I mean, yes, but I think it so far that's been okay. But at some point, 
they're going to have to do something if they keep adding folks, right? Right, and that's the thing where uh, I fear, and this is why I posed the question to you, I fear that it's starting to feel a little bit like Impact 2.0, where it was Kurt Angle left WWE. Well, guess where Kurt Angle went? And then it was Christian left WWE, and where did Christian go? And I know I got that out of order chronologically, but I'm just using examples. But like uh, Ken Kennedy left. Where did he end up? Impact Wrestling or TNA, you know, at the time. And it's like, I don't necessarily want to see Rusev or, to be honest, Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona, we're calling him now. I want to see, and I feel like I keep banging this drum, but again, I want to see more Joey Janela. I want to see more Jungle Boy. I want to see more MJF. I want to see more Wardlow. I don't want well, to see I guys. I got to be that- real honest in that, I, I mean, I agree with you, right? But I, I didn't. I didn't think we would see Matt Cardona. Um, I guess I didn't realize he was really good friends with Cody, I guess. But I thought we would see the Good Brothers. I was kind of shocked at them going to Impact Wrestling, just given their mm-hmm. you know, history with all those guys. That's, that's the ones I thought were going to show up. I thought this was going to be that whole, look what we did in Japan. Oh, it was yeah. cool over here, too. Which, to yeah. their credit, it really hasn't been that. Um, so, but... Yeah, I mean, there is some of that, but then there also isn't, right? We have, I mean, Heath's over an Impact, and so are the Good Brothers, yeah. and so is EC3, and, you know. Um, so, I, I don't know. We haven't seen Rusev yet, huh? I thought I'd heard he was going to Impact, but I guess, you know, I don't know. I, we're well, not fact-checking. Yeah, well, he said on his Twitch or YouTube channel, what, what one of the two, uh, that he's done wrestling. So that obviously means he's in negotiations with someone, uh, and they stalled out. But uh, he's announced that he's retired from pro wrestling, so we may never see him in AEW, but time Fuck will that. tell. Uh, Dude, he was the see. best one that got fired. Yeah, I know, but we'll see. We will see what happens. But, yeah, Dude, so let's Rusev. get our uh, – let's get the, the start of our – dynamite uh show recap so we started hey, off real quick real quick uh, go ahead. before we do that uh you mentioned it earlier throughout the show for the listeners you will be hearing me uh, allude to what we call tweet the tables uh so it has a long history with our with our show if you're a new listener you're unaware but uh, when you're on twitter use hashtag tweet the table as you're watching wrestling as you're thinking about wrestling uh whatever you know if you're just thinking about us because you like us use hashtag tweet the table and uh, we're going to read some of them here on the show and tom before you get into aw dynamite you know we celebrated our seven year anniversary which is where we kind of brought these back you know oh yeah um, definitely. and uh one a person we didn't hear from during the show but kind of sent us a tweet the table late uh and it's from katie first lady and it said, happy Aww, seven Katie. years. Yeah, Katie. Remember Katie? Oh, I love Katie. Yeah. What did she have to say? All right. She says, happy seven years. Thanks uh, for all the apologies. Episode 21, uh, the Rob Schamberger and Katie Schamberger WrestleMania moments, and being able to share the experience with women's wrestling evolving to where it is today. Hashtag Katie. I'm sorry. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. Katie, the first lady. huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we gave her that new... Uh, Twitter handle, I think, because I, I don't remember uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, her did, original yeah. one, but we just called her Katie, the first lady. Uh, so, yeah, long-time listener. Thank you. Uh, episode 21, yeah, definitely goes down in the history books as one of the most bizarre and fun episodes we've ever done. Uh, Rob Schamberger, that's another great thing that's happened throughout the seven years, getting to know him and his wife, Katie uh, Schamberger. And, uh, yeah, all that fun Fun old good stuff that we used to do in the studio. Now we're in Papa Shango's basement recording separately, and that's also fun because, you know, saving money on gas and whatnot. 
man, could you imagine if we were still in the studio trying to do a show during the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure at some point it was probably shut down, right? I bet you we'd have to be in two different studios. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting to think about. But, hey, fuck that place. Well, that's what we're doing right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what we're doing now. Uh, So, anyhow, yeah, Katie, it was great to hear from you. Hopefully you do do Tweet the Table moving forward. Uh, More of a disclaimer to starting that back up. Uh, We're going to pick the best ones. Again, uh, we're, we're not here, you know, uh, tallying marks to see uh, splitting hairs of what's the best one and what's the third best one, things like that. But yeah. we're going to yeah, like if, if choose get the one, ones that you know, Awesome. If you don't, hey, man, it's the, we don't hate you. Uh, yeah, we definitely and, and don't right hate you. right now, because we're doing it new, um, you know, we got like three people who did it. So they're going to get a few right now. But this isn't like, you know, they're not – special contributors or nothing this is open to anyone right Definitely. right now uh it makes the show flow nicely if i can use a tweet the table and you know only got a couple of people that did it right now <laughs> you gotta step up well no it's great it's a it's a relaunch it takes time uh also if we're plugging things here not only do uh do you want to do hashtag tweet the table on twitter uh but visit our website spanish dot net uh got out a new top five you can get my thoughts on who i thought Excellent. uh had the top five uh, weeks in the pro wrestling world. Uh, so check out that article. But yeah, so now let's get, uh, let's swing back into dynamite here. So we started off with a 10 man tag. It was the inner circle versus best friends and friends, uh, Jurassic express uh, in a 10 man tag. Uh, what did you think of this non social distance uh, 10 man tag to kick off AEW dynamite? Um, a lot of mans. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, best friends and friends is an excellent name for any time that they've got somebody tagging with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look. Part of AEW's charm is you know they get a bunch of folks in a match and they all get some spots in and everybody goes ah and they're all zany and that fit the bill. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was actually flat. So. Uh, you might hear this theme throughout this recap of this week's um, AEW Dynamite, but I really thought it was flat. It didn't feel like it hit. It kind of feel like felt like people were going, kind of just going through the motions. Uh, there was a lot of clunkiness. Uh, Luchasaurus did his best uh, homage to Kane with his mask almost falling off a couple different times. Uh, so that actually made me giggle, but that's still a sad spot that like Luchasaurus just powdered out and went to go fi- fix his mask as you know i think it was jungle boy that jumped in to continue offense uh i just yeah it didn't really feel that great to me i i i just wasn't into it um it wasn't bad and i guess my criticism is when i see inner circle or when i see best friends or jurassic express and friends uh i, I have such high expectations and not that this was the worst thing in the world. It definitely wasn't, but it just was average. And that was a little disappointing to kick off the, uh, the episode. So, well, uh, it's, it's only going to get better because, um, as at the ultimate one on Twitter said, uh, small gripe here, but why is there a 12 man match next week on dynamite? Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. They're going to do a 12 man match next week. Well, and here's a question for you. And, uh, uh, you know, give us a, a, a fact check. Cause again, we don't do that, but w- tell me a 12 man tag you've ever been entertained by. Like 
You know what I mean? Eventually, I think pro wrestling works at a sweet number, like a, a good median. And I think 12 man tags are not where good wrestling yeah. happens. Well, think about and this. So, I mean, the Survivor Series was, you know, traditionally what, eight and then, uh, you know, sometimes 10. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't even think of how many, 12, I mean, a couple times maybe with some of the raw SmackDown shit, but like, yeah. Jesus. I mean, the only Jesus. thing I was thinking of as I said that is, what was the stadium stampede match? Remember in Canada Ooh, when yeah. like it was the Hart Foundation, well, but, no, they, were but heels, they only had but five were in the inner circle, That's true. right? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it was, so it was Pillman, Bulldog, Owen, Brett, who else? Nighthawk. Oh, you're yeah. saying, yeah, yeah. I was Stadium Stampede. I was thinking. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I might have said Stadium Stampede. I was thinking of uh, the Canadian Stampede match when it was Stone Cold, Gold Dust, uh, Ken Shamrock, and the Road Warriors versus the Hart Foundation. And it was the Hart Foundation were heels in America, but then when they went to Canada, they were the biggest baby faces, and they did the match in Canada, and it was just out of this world of awesome. But, yeah, I guess that was a 10-man, so... Yeah, 12, man. I don't know how you're going to do that. Like, I don't know. Is there enough space I, for everybody on the side of the ring? Like that's Well, and I just feel like what we're going to do is just see a, a lot of these spots where, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara and, uh, you know, a member of FTR or whoever it is, is just going to be shoulder to shoulder with their arms over each other waiting for uh, a backflip from the top rope well, and then another and, one. Yeah, another well, one. How many, you know, we got to stare at a bunch of folks' asses while th- there's a match going on behind them. Like you're going to yeah. be taking up all the space on the side of the ring. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, AEW has always defied my expectations. Uh, generally speaking, uh, you know, when I thought initially this was going to be crap, it obviously hasn't been at least for me. And so I've loved it. So I'm trying to be positive and patient, uh, but we will see. Yeah. 12 man. That sounds a, a little rough for the creative process. All right, so now let's get into the next match. We had the TNT Championship Open Match Challenge. Now, it was announced before the episode that Warhorse would be answering the challenge. So we had Warhorse making his AEW debut, taking on the champion Cody. Uh, what did you think of Warhorse? Um, I like Warhorse. And, you know, I mean, I think we've known of Warhorse uh, due to some, you know, being, you know, uh, friends with some of the folks we know locally here. Uh, yeah, well, he's been was, on uh, he's been on a couple Journey Pro shows. I've seen him on a couple yep. Evolve shows. So yeah, I mean, he's an independent mainstay for sure. Right. Um, uh, it was great, a good match. I mean, Warhorse looked good, right? Brought a lot of energy, and it, AW does great for for um, pumping these folks up too. Um, uh, at Heavy Set three three zero on Twitter says, hopefully AEW Dynamite rules ass tonight because I'm tuning in tonight to see Warhorse fuck shit up. Hashtag tweet the table. You think he fucked shit up? I thought he did great. Now, this is again where I go back to my first question before we really started the Dynamite recap is let's say they take a chance on Warhorse. That's fucking awesome. I love it. Where does he fit in the episode? Right, exactly. Like where does he I feel fit? Like, I feel like he becomes uh, he becomes the fourth person in the Jurassic Express group. Yeah, something. I mean, uh, d- yeah, Jurassic Express, he might fit in there. I could see a really fr- fun tag team if uh, Joey Janela goes heel on Sunny Kiss and it's Joey Janela and Warhorse. Those two just, you know, kicking ass, kind of dorky rockers, you know? Like, I could see that being – I or I could even Hangman see that Adam being a page. Page and the Warhorse. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's great, right? You just have this beer-chugging cowboy and then this head-banging, I don't know, war horse. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. The war yeah, horse. There's, a, he, there's a lot of possibilities for him. Uh, he could even feud with Hangman Adam Page. I think that would be fun, right? On paper, that seems like mm. a, a ton of fun. It's now, just... Go ahead. And, and I mean, well, and you're right. Like, what are we going to do with Warhorse? But this match in particular, even, I mean, against Cody, um, which Heavy Set threw in another one. He says, I'm waiting for Warhorse to chop that silly tattoo off Cody's neck. Hashtag tweet table, which I agree. Um, but again, we talked about this. Cody, um, good on him if this is his deal, right? Like, he's doing the, I'm really going to mean it when I say we're going to do an open challenge so we can actually. You know, introduce folks to mm-hmm. good talent and young talent and all that kind of jazz. Because I mean, he's putting these these kids over. He is, and he's also slowly becoming the king of the independent wrestling scene by t- taking out all of these uh, kings of that scene. Right? You take out uh, Eddie Kingston, you take out Warhorse, you take out Jeremy Wyatt next week. I mean, that's all the best independent wrestlers we have. So you know, uh, maybe that's his new gimmick is just mm-hmm. the uh, the independent killer or something. I don't know, but. Uh, War Horse, going back to what you asked, uh, I think he's fun. Uh, I put this in my uh, uh, top five. He War Horse made it into my top five. Uh, I feel like he's uh, a mixture of a surfer sting with Road Warrior Hawk and then like splashes of Ultimate Warrior if Ultimate Warrior could wrestle. Like it's just this fun 80s throwback of the funnest elements of that time period, uh, obviously in 2020. Uh, I liked him a lot. I, I hope they give him a good spot. But again, I don't want him to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, so if they do take a chance on him, uh, I hope he can fit kind of in that mid-tier level, uh, you know, maybe post-Cody as champion, maybe in the TNT championship I'd title say, picture. I'd say uh, he could come in and get a spot, but he's got to wait behind uh, the not Zack Ryder, who debuted, but also they didn't, like, he kind of didn't do anything. Well, he got 20 seconds to take his shirt off, <laughs> yeah, right? So then, Yeah. Yeah, so post-match, Cody gets the victory. Uh, the Dark Order comes out to attack both Warhorse and Cody as uh, the as the Dark Order dispatches of Warhorse. They kind of zero in on uh, Cody, and that's when Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, makes his debut to save his best friend, um, and he, you know, has the Dark Order His powder out and then, well, whoever, right? You can have more than best one best friend, right? Can you? Right? Can you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any best friends, so we'll see. Uh, I no, don't have friends. I don't have friends. So yeah, you got to get a best friend. You got to get a friend before you can have a best friend, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. Uh, it just felt like you know the Dark Order ran away, and then uh, Matt Cardona ripped his shirt off, and we're like, okay. And commercial break. Like, that was it. <laughs> it was just, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, is, he, is he a member of the roster? Like, is he just yeah, there? Because he was like a guest. No. So it was said uh, even before uh, the coronavirus, you know, hit the, the world. Uh, Cody said of any current WWE uh, member at that time, the one that he would want to take is Zack Ryder. So, yeah, I'm assuming he signed so with them. Next week, it's going to be uh, Cody and Matt Cardona in tag team action. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. Uh, again, that him debuting, especially in the way that he did, being exactly like Zack Ryder, 
it felt like a TNA 2006 former WWE guy making a splash on the scene. It's just, I, it fell flat. And that's where I started get, getting disappointed because you know who wasn't on this week's episode? Uh, any of the young talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, And when I say any of the young talent, I'm saying more of the the up-and-comers, right? There was no Scorpio Sky in singles action. There wasn't um, a, a Jungle Boy by himself. You know, he was in that tag match, but you get what I'm saying. Like, there was no focus on the younger talent. And so I was just kind of bleh. Yep, I agree. All right, after the TNT Championship match, uh, we had, uh, as I scroll down here, as I took my notes, we had the AEW Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page taking on the Dark Order of Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, I was really impressed with the Dark Order in this match. Uh, they, they seem like a cool team. Like this version of the dark order is what I like. Not the cosplay, Mr. McMahon, Hey, Mr. McMahon eats first. Those kind of weird tropes on a character. It's the cult. Like Brody Lee is watching from afar, keeping an eye on them. Uh, that's my favorite version of the dark order. I agree. Um, yeah, the, the, the like passive aggressive um leader right the ruthless leader judging their every move right and it's it's feast or famine for them right if they screw up and you know like uh and it's just he they're always over there in the shadows right just watching just weirdly yeah that stuff is great um at the ultimate one on twitter says hey you know what would make this dark order storyline really cool actually seeing Colt Cabana embrace the dark side and not look like gullible and goofy hashtag tweet the table. And that I agree with that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm wishing they would speed that up a little bit, but the premise of the whole concept. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do this too many more times. Right. Cause then it's like Colt Cabana. Are you just a fucking idiot? Cause you know, he's never been portrayed as an idiot. Uh, gullible you can get away with but you uh, like ultimate one said you can't do it for too many more weeks so maybe next week when the inner circle or excuse me when the dark order is in action maybe that's when colt fully goes into the the heel gimmick and that's where we see the reveal yeah. that he was with them the entire he time be a solid number two or he could even take over the dark Order as far as i can give a shit you know what i mean like because i mean he's you know like he would be a great i want to see him go Full heel and do a completely different character because you know the Cole Cabana is Cole Cabana is Cole Cabana. And he can always go back to it. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, he could. Always. He could uh, be the darkest of dark characters as the right hand man for Brody Lee, and then as soon as there's an epiphany, you know, he can go back to fun loving, uh, trot out there, give you a thumbs up. Yeah, he could always go back to that. I will say this is where. Uh, the episode though started to really irritate me. And again, I'm still trying to be positive and patient with all elements of pro wrestling right now, because this is strange times for everyone involved, but this was some of the worst camera work I've seen. And then Jim Ross is, uh, I know I say this all the time and I am starting to sound like a broken record. So I do apologize, but as long as he's going to keep making these weird ass dumb mistakes, I have to say something. So let me go. Let me back up to the camera work. It was sloppy. It was janky. And there were so many things missed case in point. 
as Brody Lee walks out with Colt Cabana and Anna J. Remember, Anna J. joined the Dark Order. We have a female presence in the Dark Order. They just have a shot of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega standing in the corner, just hanging out, you know, pulling on the ropes, stretching a little bit. Meanwhile, Brody Lee and Colt Cabana and Anna J are making their way to the commentary booth and we get no shot of that. And we don't even get a full shot that Anna J is now in the dark order. It's just referenced once. And, and so it's just like, what are we doing guys? Like th- you have full control. It's not as if, you know, there were some rowdy fans. We don't want to get a cameraman too close to, uh, where we could get a shot. Like the whole thing is your playground and you're missing what we're trying to tell a story of. So that was my first thing. And then Jim Ross, I wrote this down. I actually saw it as a tweet. So it's paraphrasing a little bit, but, uh, he just, he's just lost and incoherent. And I saw this tweet and I forget who said it, but I'm going to steal it from him. It says, uh, it feels like I'm watching, or it feels like I'm at church and the sermon is being delivered by an atheist. Like he's just shitting on the project or product the entire time. Like, Oh, better get a better. Hold on. Get a 10 count. Oh, you better tag him in. He never got tagged in. Who's a legal man. It's like, dude, if you don't like this, don't like, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. It's, it's just distracting the entire time. I think one time I, I, I'd have to rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure I heard this where he was like, Oh, I'm excited. I get to pee. It was right before uh, uh, an ad break. And it's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. This is where an episode where uh, a Chris Jericho and an Excalibur were deeply missed because Excalibur can give you the the names of the moves and a little bit more of the history of uh, Evil Uno, for example. And Jim Ross is just, look, his best days were 20 years ago, and it's showing each and every episode he They're just needs before that he needs, even. I mean, yeah, that he needs to train. I, I, I do like, I completely understand what he's doing. The loss of his wife. He wants to get back out there and, you know, start living again because of obviously circumstances. And I applaud him so much for that. Like, I don't know if I could ever be that strong. I'm being completely honest with you. However, this is a this is a, a business, right? We're trying to attract more viewers or keep the ones that we have, and he is just distracting every time. And I know he has talent, so maybe let's transition him backstage to where he can do some reviews of Excalibur to get him tightened up or some reviews of um, Taz, you know, th- other guys that are calling the action. But he himself... Yeah, he needs to be old yellered as far as uh, calling the matches for AW. It's just god awful. Tom thinks we should shoot Jr. The character, yeah, shoot the character Jr. Calling the matches. I'm not saying obviously kill the man. I don't want anyone to die, but him as a presence on the show in current state, he needs to go. He is the most distracting thing every week. And, and it's not in a good way. It's it's just not. It's very bad. You're not wrong. Thank you. All right. So, hey, we missed a, a couple other things, and I'll circle back to them. Uh, we did get a fun uh, interview segment from the Inner Circle. Chris Jericho still coming out with his jacket smelling of uh, now pee, I guess, uh, from Pride and or Powerful, uh, excuse me, Ortiz, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, he also said that next week we're going to get a debate. It's going to be... 
him and Orange Cassidy in a debate with a special moderator. Any any guesses on who that would be? I, I, have, I have no, no clue. clue. I, can't, I, hmm. I don't know. And he said like the most special. Too. Right. I don't, it's, I don't know. It could just be some random celebrity that he knows too. It's right. Lou Ferrigno. Remember from the uh, Manitoba, whatever it was with the yeah. punching, you know, maybe one of those guys. I, I initially thought maybe it was Vicky Guerrero, but now I think Vicky Guerrero is transitioning more mm. full-time Nyla Rose, but that's who I thought would be a fun uh, moderator. But Orange Cassidy in a debate seems silly as well. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, and then after that, we had FTR officially signing their contracts uh, and then the wrinkle was that it looks as if Arn Anderson will be their advisor. What do you think about that? Uh, that's, you know, one half of the brain busters. True. Right. So yeah. In, in two months time, does Tully then join and now they have two advisors and it's the brain busters, the team that, uh, you know, they remind most people of possibly, I thought it was interesting because of the connection Arn Anderson has to Cody and Cody has to the elite. And again, that, that onion of storytelling where now this is a new layer. What if, uh, let's just say cash or, 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 uh, I forget their fucking names. Uh, FTR, one of the members of FTR. (laughs) What if they, uh, want to answer the open challenge for Cody? Does Arn Anderson advise against that? What kind of position does that put Mm -hmm. him in? Right. And then as they sign their contracts, you know, making sure that the rules would be adhered to yada, yada, yada. Hangman Adam Page is the first one to celebrate with them. Uh, I don't know if you caught his pour of his whiskey. Uh, it was very, uh, very healthy pour that he had mm-hmm. for himself. Uh, but again, that riff of is Hangman Adam Page FTR or is Hangman Adam Page the elite? We'll see where that goes. Uh, so that was a good segment, I thought. But yeah, Arn Anderson, maybe going to the dark side. Maybe this is where the start of that four horsemen. Maybe Cody's the one that turns on the elite. Mm, that would be good, right? Cody cost Hangman Adam Page and uh, Kenny Omega so, the so tag title. Fourth, if it's FTR and Cody, Sean Spears, or it could be Sean. Matt Cardona. Mm, that could be interesting. We haven't seen him try to pull that, have we? Right. And I, I think I texted this to you uh, when Matt Cardona um, debuted, but I feel like the only way to make him have impact and they kind of shot their shot with Sean Spears and it did okay. But Matt Cardona, I would assume is going to cost Cody the TNT championship or take it away from him. Right. He's the one one week that answers the challenge. Uh, that's where I think that's going to go, but we'll see. Anyhow, yeah, let's get point. back on track. Yeah. So, we had uh, the the tag team title match, as I mentioned. Um, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page retain. Uh, then Brody Lee um, makes uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson suffer and, and pay for failing him and capturing those tag team championships. And then we moved on to the women's title match. Now, I don't actually don't think it was a women's title match. It was a Hikaru Shida, right? Did I get it this time? Yeah, I think so. Hey, progress. Trying every week. Uh, the the women's AEW champion taking on D- Diamante. Uh, this one wasn't good, was it? No, it was boring. And, and here's the thing that I think was a little bit disappointing. And I feel like one of the criticisms 
that I consistently hear about AEW is their women's division isn't as strong as other parts of the product. And to a certain extent, I agree. Obviously, I could tell you some contenders that I that I like. Uh, like I said, a uh, uh, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, Nyla Rose. Those are all good uh, uh, challengers for the title. But this felt rushed where Diamante just last week got her first win. And then we just cut it off at the knees and say, nope, she would lose to the champion. Let's see. In a non-title match, she lost. And it's eh, right. Yep. I agree with that. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. I, don't know what we're I, I didn't here. take anything from this other than like, yeah, the same kind of thing. I was like, well, this is this felt like this was pointless. Mm-hmm. Yep. I definitely agree. Now. Uh, let's move on to what I thought was the highlight of the episode. MJF gave a state of the industry at uh, address. What did you think of this? I thought it was, oh, couldn't be better. MJ hashtag MJF 2020. That's what I thought. Uh, before what I, we get now, I, th- I thought uh, at the ultimate one says clearly MJF has been listening to certain tennis racket swing and former wrestling manager who also doesn't like the young bucks. Shout out to T Mac hashtag tweet the table. Um, yeah, it, dude, his promo was one of the best I've seen from him, and that's you know we we say something good about him every week. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, the back to back weeks we had the Kingston promo coming out firing, and then MJF is like, hey, 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 don't forget about me. Uh, throw some zingers in there. Throw some little nuggets for you know the folks who have to have been watching for a while. Um, gosh, real good. So good. MJF, if he kind of runs with this whole thing too, of the, like, not my champion and is able to kind of go with that for a little bit, that could be great. Uh, it's, it's good. Yeah. I thought it was a perfect way for in 2020, an election year, in the United States to play off of those themes without going full Hulk Hogan running for president. Right. Uh, you know, yeah, he's not running for president of AEW. Right. Just, it, he, yeah, he's using he's those themes. <laughs> yeah. He's using those themes as the podium, the American flag. It looks to be that he has now like supporters, maybe forced supporters. Um, I, I thought it was perfect. And the thing that actually really made me happy is it, it finally gives MJF some direction, right? It's not this, Hey, I'm out here for the ratings war. It's like, okay, yeah, I get that. But like, what are you doing? And now we have some direction, right? He has, he has a sight set on the title. Uh, he has a sight set on John Moxley. And that's where I got excited. It was like, finally, we're doing something with MJF. Cause this really could have been just a comedy segment, right? It could have been, uh, Marco stunt distracts him. Luchasaurus gives him a spinning heel kick and, and Wardlow, uh, you know, tends to MJF and that's the segment, right? It could have been something stupid like that, which WWE might've done, but this was, Hey, here's my intentions. I'm going off after the cost cosplay stone cold, Steve Austin. I'm going after this whole company because I'm the future. The lines. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was great. Uh, it just hit, The thing that I love the most about his promo is he has an arrogance, but it's also very much like Eddie Kingston, a believability. I feel like he feels that way about John Moxley. Now, backstage, they could be best friends and drinking buddies and yada, yada, yada. But in that promo, I really thought he had a legitimate gripe against John Moxley for being this weird, you know, watered down stone cold Steve Austin. And that just hooked me. I just loved well, it. That was, it, that's what MJF is. He also said, uh, you know, he said, well, said this guy gets to come down here and just 
do whatever he wants just because he comes from the land of titans he's like well we see how that goes brother <laughs> yeah again yeah it, it, and, and that's such a great promo because if you don't have any idea of what he's talking about right you're a casual wrestling fan because wednesday nights there's no sports i gotta watch something so hey this seems fun watching that it's an insult that you understand where you're like, yeah, what the hell? This guy shouldn't be doing what he wants that, you know, or screw this guy. Let the champion do what he wants. He's the champ. But if you're a wrestling fan, you totally understand all of the references that he said there. So yeah, it was a great layered insult. Uh, and MJF just, I can't, I, I would go blue in the face, giving him as many compliments as I, as I could think of. Cause he's just awesome. But again, it's not, so far, it's not Kevin Owens' heel work, where Kevin Owens was awesome, but I kind of wanted to be friends with Kevin Owens. I still right. don't like MJF. Like, I still want to smack him in the mouth. Like, I want to take his ring off and punch him in the face with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. A hundred percent yes. He's, he's the guy that, like, if you found out your girl was cheating on you and it was with him, you'd be like, really? The fuck? That's worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I would have rather been my best friend or brother. That fucking guy? Like this fucking Why guy that guy? That fucking guy. Yeah. Could have been yeah, any so, fucking guy. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's what, again, that's where I, I think I like MJF so much is he's not trying to be cool. At least to me, it doesn't feel like he's being a cool heel where it's like, okay, no, he's we're being a obnoxious. Weak, right, yeah. Like, we're not a week away from a babyface turn. It's still fuck that guy, but man, that was a great promo. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that that's the best compliment I can give a heel in 2020 where it's so hard to stay that way without going babyface in a week's time, as I mentioned. All right. So actually before that, and I, again, I missed this, but I caught it in my notes. Uh, we did have um, a backstage segment where it was announced that the women's tag team uh, tournament is going to be a luck of the draw, essentially. And yeah. Nyla Rose got the luck of the draw with uh, former Funkadactyl Ariana. Is that how you say her name? I don't yeah, know. I think so. Yeah. She's the fucking worst. What, what, what was the thing? She, she's the girl that said the, the greatest match of all time, right? Yes. Yeah. She is the, <laughs> she, she's the one who said that Melina versus Alicia Fox was the greatest wrestling match <laughs> of all time. And Stone Cold was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, that was his first ever real what. <laughs> He's like, and he even was like, "You want to take a, a minute? To- <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to take two? We can cut the cameras. Let's give you a real match here. What the fuck are you talking about?" He seriously he was like, "Of all, you're telling me of of all the wrestling matches this industry has ever." <laughs> God damn. Oh yeah. Um, that. So we've just admitted that we're going to have tag team titles and we have no tag teams? Yeah. Like, that was a miss for me. I don't understand that one. The only tag team I can think of is the Nightmare family of uh, the Bunny um, and uh, yeah. See, so uh, this feels forced. Brandy Rhodes. What'd you say there? So then that's why this feels forced, and it's going to feel forced. Like Yeah, and and, you know, again... They're the nightmare family is the only true tag team that I'm aware of at least. And if this is the culmination of just getting them titles, that's going to feel like nepotism to me. Cause it's like, did we just create titles? So Cody's wife could be a champion. Like what the flying fuck is this about? And, and so I hope it's not that I really don't want this to be 
what we feared at the very start. Because as you remember, you know, past episodes of Spanish Announce Table before AEW started, we kind of feared that it was just going to be, hey, Cody and his friends or Young Bucks and his friends, and they're all just going to be champs. And da, 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 da. But then what happens when ratings goes down and they're all still champs? Like, do they let themselves lose? And for the first year of this promotion, it felt like, Everything was going sky high, but this was the first episode that I thought of where it like stopped me in my tracks and said like, "What the fuck are we doing?" You know? Yeah, yeah. That one just took me by surprise. I'm like, "Well, what?" I was like, "The whole thing is supposed to be tag team champions, but now you're just going to be tag team champion with somebody you don't know." Like, and also on top of that, it, like that's not at least to me. That's not a winning formula. I know that like it somewhat worked when the forced tag team of Cesaro and Sheamus, you know, they did their best of five or best of seven match. And then it was, you guys are just going to be a team. And eventually they found their footing and the bar became a pretty decent tag team. Uh, but the, the team that doesn't get along or, you know, needs time to gel as your first ever champions. Yeah. That just doesn't sit right with me, but We'll see, right? Maybe there's there is a tag team that they signed that we're unaware of, right? Maybe, um, maybe I don't know, but we'll see. I just was not happy to see her uh, girl high. Shut up, God, she's the worst. <laughs> she is. She's this. She's the representation of everything I hated in WWE mid. 2010s like that wrestler right there fuck that type of wrestler don't like it at all it's stupid it's lame it's boring it's it's turned the channel heat for me but hopefully i don't do that because i got a (laughs) podcast you know yeah i got a podcast i gotta talk about all right so now let's get to the main event it was a tornado tag it was brian cage and ricky starks taking on the aw champion john moxley and Darby Allen. I should mention it's the FTW champion, Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, tornado tag match. This was crazy, right? This was a fun, kick-ass match. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, I agree that this was a kick-ass match. Uh, at the ultimate one, let's start off with his question, because this will give us a talking point to start from, and then we can go off from there. This is at the ultimate one says, man, how good is Ricky Starks? Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, exactly. And not to not to discredit Ricky Starks because in NWA he was really really good. I liked watching him there. I also liked watching Eddie Kingston as well. But you know, he comes to AEW and he's playing second fiddle to Brian Cage. And no offense to Brian Cage, I love watching Brian Cage. He's an action figure come to life. But we only have two hours to tell, and so we've now just created another tag team. I know how rich the tag team division is in AEW. But now it's starting to feel a necessity just so that we can get guys that we're paying on television. And so, yeah, Ricky Starks is amazing and awesome. And I wish he could, you know, flourish as a singles competitor, but time will tell. But he is great in the ring. He's and his promo was really good, too. Yeah, uh, all of it. I, he's I've seen less of him, I think, than you have. So, I mean, a lot of this is still new to me, but I'd seen him a time or two, I think. But um, yeah, yeah, so good. And uh, just every time I see Brian Cage, I do feel like he's about to pop. Great. Like, sometimes you need that in pro wrestling. I know that, like, uh, oh, man, the, the land of the Giants and WWE and all the guys are steroids. But, like, 
People watched it. It's fucking cool. Like, I like to see someone, like Taz said, his traps look like pistons. Like, that's fucking cool. I wish I looked like that. And on top of that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's probably going to rip his hamstring the next time he does a sunset flip or whatever he can do. But he can do those moves. Like, that's, that's the incredible part for me is he can do a... 450 splash i assume or you know those insane like 2020 uh independent He's doing wrestling kicks moves. and shit yeah and he fucking look at him <laughs> yeah. look how fucking cool he is like but again you can't make him the sympathetic baby face it's the mistake of the roman reigns character right it's like roman reigns looks fucking cool but i don't want feel sorry for that guy he could probably go fuck my wife i don't want that to happen at all yeah, same with brian yeah. cage like, he's fucking cool, man. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. And, like, that's the thing is you're never you're never going to be the sympathy baby face because we got no sympathy for you. Use your big-ass muscles and be the shit out of that guy. Exactly. And I think he does awesome with his stupid-ass uh, heel tactics because it's enough to where I was like, I don't even like that guy. Like, when he does the whole sideburn thing to, like, a check mark or whatever he does with his yeah, hand, yeah. that's fucking dorky as shit. But am I going to tell him? Fuck no. He'll kick my ass. And that's why he works. Like, that's why it works. Brian Cage is awesome for that reason. And then Taz is his mouthpiece. I mean, you know, we've talked about Taz's promos. Uh, yeah, th- this whole... Taz, uh, Taz, Team Taz, I think they're calling it now. Uh, I'm a fan of. Uh, again, kind of the theme of my critique this week is Ricky Starks and Brian Cage are awesome, but we only have two hours every week, and I don't know if that's enough well, time to get all these guys over. Let me let me stop you right there and say that we also are not perfect because I've got a critique of us right now, Tom, uh, because we forgot something. Because I was just looking at this uh, Ultimate One tweet. Uh, uh, that I got rid of here after after reading it and forgot that uh, he was our Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week and we didn't get the beer and uh, we didn't uh, we didn't tell everybody how great he is so we're gonna have to move that to next week because we suck as friends. We do suck as friends. I am drinking Terramana still, so a cheers to you, my good pal. Uh, <laughs> I hope you can have some Terramana with me sometime soon. Uh, stay safe, wear a mask, uh, and uh, thanks and, for and- supporting us, pal. Yeah, we will. We'll make sure that we somehow, uh, with this COVID going on here, we'll we'll find a way. We'll each go get some beer, uh, and we'll do the Zoom uh, beer sponsor of the week or whatnot. And, yeah, uh, that's what we'll, we'll do, do. That next week. Yeah, we'll figure. Yeah, this we'll, out. we'll we'll make good with it by doing some type of video uh, praise of your uh, amazing accomplish- accomplishments in life. And so, uh, yeah, that'll be a make good of which are many. There are many. Oh right? my god! Oh. My God, the list I already have ready about how mm-hmm. great of a person he is is just astronomical. It, think of when Chris Jericho was doing his uh, 1001 moves. It's like five times that. So to give you a taste and again, we'll you know, we'll push this until we actually have the beer. But like I heard that if he's ever in a grocery store and he has to put an item back because he realizes he doesn't want it or whatever. Right. He actually goes back to the place where it belongs and puts it back on the right shelf. Oh, man, he's the type of guy that puts a shopping cart back. He is mm-hmm. the best type he's of the person. Yeah. He is the, he's the type of guy that will tell you your shoe is untied if you walk past him in a hallway. Mm-hmm. And, and your shoe will actually be untied. He won't just try to like flick you in yeah, the nose. Yeah, he's not, he's not pulling your leg there. He's being legitimately right. he'll, honest. He'll he stand by and make sure person. no one takes advantage of you or tries to steal your stuff while you tie that shoe. 
Oh my God. I've seen him uh, help elderly people across the street. He will walk with them across the street. I have seen that with mm-hmm. my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He, he's a great dude. Uh, and and more Fantastic. of that to follow, right? More of that. To more just, of that to follow. We just suck. You know, we only do this one day a week. It's hard to remember everything for it. All right. um. <laughs> We're busy. I hey, by the way, another thing I did this week uh, that kind of threw me for a loop. I donated blood because people need that in this time of crisis. Uh, fun fact: that'll fuck you up for a while, my mm-hmm. pal. That will mm-hmm. fuck you up. I was. I took a hard nap as soon as I got home, and I'm not mm-hmm. the type that naps. Uh, it was yeah. Well, you ooh. didn't do it with that from that guy in the van on Prospect, right? Like, you of course. Who else gonna go with? So, you might want to go see a doctor. He said, "Donate blood. I'll give you candy." And I was like, "Of fucking course." And he said, "Come uh, into the van." I was like, "Sure." And then I had to lay down because he didn't have seats in the back, and he took my blood, and then he gave me some sour patch kids and I took them and I left, so, you know, and then he, you know, then he put me on the anesthesia cause that's how they take your blood, you know? And then, uh, you know, I woke up two hours later and, uh, isn't that how it goes? Gave my blood gave my blood. You don't want to stay conscious while your blood leaves your body. That would be weird. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. That, that would be weird. Yeah. So yeah, I, <laughs> I thought it was a good yeah. idea. Anyhow, back to this main event. Uh, I thought it was great. The The finishing spot was pretty incredible, right? The skateboard of thumbtacks to the back of Ricky Starks. Yep. Jesus of Mary. Uh, I, you know, I saw a criticism that, oh, my God, we used thumbtacks two weeks in a row. And I get that, right? Like, it was thumbtacks two weeks in a row because the week previous we saw uh, Cody go through the thumbtacks uh, via his match with Eddie Kingston. Uh, but this one was, like, a little bit more... Uh, innovative. I thought like I've never seen thumbtacks in a skateboard. And then the guy grabs the skateboard and does like a kick flip or whatever it is on a dude's back and just murders it. You want to talk about murder Hawk? That's what Ricky Stark's back looked like at the end of this match. Yeah. Well, and there's a simple explanation there too, is um, Darby Allen scooped up those thumbtacks from last week and kept them. He's like, I might use these next week. Right, and that's a smart competitor. If you're if you're going to be in a tornado tag match the next week, and you know no rules, you might as well take thumbtacks if you're going to walk by them. Right, right. You're like, look, I got to hit the road when we get out of here. I don't know when I'm going to stop at a at a at a Dollar Tree and go get some thumbtacks. So I'll just take, take these. Take them where you get them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now uh, the interesting part of this was. Um, post-match, John Moxley and, and Darby Allen take, uh, get the win, uh, which ah, wasn't great because, right, we're establishing a new, I think, faction, and the first thing they do is lose. Ah, but it's the champ, so I'm, I'm giving it a, you know, a pass here. But we get a stare-down between Darby Allen and John Moxley. They've already had one match previous in AEW history. Uh, now this time it's uh, for the heavyweight championship. What do you think about a matchup between John Moxley and Darby Allen? Yeah, I think this is a good filler one, right? I don't again, I think this will be highlight Darby Allen, but he's not going to win the thing. So um Yeah, you know? I th- I I think yeah. this is going to be a good transition. Like this is going to be I hope like the cleanest break of what we just did this week where next week we'll have Moxley and Darby Allen and then somehow Taz, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, one of the three cost Darby Allen the match without really John Moxley being aware. And then John Moxley will then turn his attention to MJF, who's been calling him out. 
Uh, and then now we get the feud of Darby Allen and uh, Team Taz. So that's my hope. Um, and that's, you know, again, they do such innovative and creative fun things. So maybe it's cooler than my idea, but that's where I think they're going to go with it. But it should be fun. It should be fun. I agree. All right. So that was AEW Dynamite in a nutshell. Uh, there was definitely some low spots this week. As I mentioned, John, uh, Jim Ross, uh, the 10-man tag felt flat. Most of the matches, to be completely honest with you, were. Uh, I don't know if it was an energy level. Maybe the, the crowd wasn't involved as they used to be, and that affected my opinion. I wasn't very happy or excited about the uh, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardova, and the Ariana Funkadactyl making their debuts because that just feels like you're taking a spot away from someone who I would rather see. Um so yeah, we'll see how next week goes. Again, they got that special debate with a special moderator uh, between Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. I imagine that's going to be fun. And then the train wreck of a 12-man tag. Good luck. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I don't even know. But yeah, all right, so let's move on. What do we what else happened? NXT happened. NXT also happened. Uh, what did you think of the NXT show, Tim? Were, were you a fan of this one or was it kind of a below average or average show to you as well? I mean, I'd say it was average, you know, um, some okay things, but nothing too crazy. Right. I mean, I like, uh, you know, uh, Cameron Grimes. I like that guy a lot. So when you see that guy, it's fun. Um, oh yeah. Um, mm. Well, what did you think about the triple threat? So I think the biggest moment from uh, the NXT episode uh, was the triple threat match between Timothy Thatcher, Finn Balor, and Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis picks up the victory, earning a spot uh, in the NXT TakeOver ladder match to determine the new uh, United States or uh, North American uh, champion. Uh, Your thoughts, generally speaking, of the match and kind of the outcome as well. The outcome is good. I mean, you know, Thatcher, I would argue, is a character I might have went with, but since it's a ladder match that they'll be competing in, probably not because it's not really his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Loomis is better, right? He's going to have better spots in that ladder match with all those, all the folks that are in it, right? Um, I like well, it, man. I, the match, first of all, too, was, like you said, just brutal. And, again, I, I like all of the workers a lot in this match. Yeah, and, you know, so far, the first two competitors are not ladder match friendly, in my opinion, right? So you had Bronson Reed from the week previous, and then Dexter Loomis, who has a unique offensive style, at least in my mind, where it's it's pseudo-mat-based, but then there's also some drop kicks in there as well. He's got that you know side choke with the distant glare. I don't know how that would work in a ladder match. So I really thought it was interesting. The first two competitors in this ladder match for NXT TakeOver, it's a fat guy and a and a ground specialist, essentially. Uh, so what's that going to look like with ladders, you know? Yeah, this could be an innovative uh, ladder match that we see. That should be interesting. Yeah. And then the other thing I had as far as a takeaway from this match is, uh, I, I feel like I've said this on the show. I've definitely mentioned it to you maybe offline. Uh, but the fall of Finn Balor, it felt like, you know, he came from uh, Raw down to NXT with a big splash. He does the heel turn. Uh, 
you know, he does that really cool interview putting over NXT, calling it the Broadway, you know, where like you make it or, t- you know, it's, it's a break a leg kid or get the hell out of here kind of thing. Uh, and now since then, it's like, what are we doing? You know, he got a win over Matt Riddle at a takeover. Yeah. He, he, he started a feud with Walter. Now, obviously, coronavirus didn't allow that feud to continue. So that's understandable. But then he's just floundering, in my opinion. What what do you think about Finn? Yeah, that's how I think about him. Like, I think he's not all that, you know, like, eh. Mildly I think he can be, though. To me. I, I, I think, I you know, he's one of the guys where a crowd benefits him the best, right? It's the look up and everyone does it and you feel cool and the entrance is captivating. And when you see that entrance and other people reacting to it, you get more invested into it and it's really neat. And it's, you know, bells and whistles and all that neat stuff. And then when there's no one there, that stuff doesn't hit as well. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like one of those rock bands that plays the, uh, the amphitheaters and and then they're forced to do acoustic. And you're like, this shit isn't the same. And that's how I feel like Finn has been since the coronavirus hit. It's like, wait a minute, what? What's this guy? I just he's never really made me feel for anything, right? Like I've never had a reason to care about anything that he's done. He, yeah, I mean, I, I will say I was really high on him uh, when he was the NXT champion. His trio of matches with Samoa Joe was really cool. He felt like he was an important person that the company could build around. Obviously he got shot to raw wins the universal championship suffers a shoulder injury for whatever reason. It feels like they just don't invest in him. Uh, but he's had good matches, right? The, the WrestleMania match, uh, triple threat with, uh, Miz and Seth Rollins was fantastic. Uh, he had a really good match at survivor series on 24 hour notice with AJ styles. So it's, he can do these matches and have some fun it just feels like either him or creative or maybe a mixture of both are kind of lost with no crowd being there. Like they don't know what to play off of because they don't hear or see what to play off of. And so I don't know, but yeah, that's an interesting I agree. Aspect. It, he felt like a bigger deal with a crowd. Yes. Um, but I just never, I don't know. It, maybe it's the Jeff Hardy aspect that we've talked about a million times for me with him. Right. Yeah. And that could be, uh, this episode of NXT, I thought was really good. Um, Shotsky Blackheart. I always have a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for, uh, she continues her little mini tank, uh, rollover of Robert stone, which is, you know, it's fine. It, it's a good spot. Uh, she loses this week, um, uh, in her match, but I, I still think that that's someone you can, invest some time into and tell some stories and, and maybe yeah. eventually give her a title shot. But she's always a highlight for me on NXT. Uh, and to your point, it was kind of average, right? Like it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, we got the, the cross promo was cool. I like how they just did that. Like with just his eyes on the screen. Oh yeah. With Scarlett mm-hmm. staying in there. That was cool. Um, and you know, all signs pointing to that. So, it should, you know, and like I said, Cameron Grimes coming out to fucking be the, like Jesus, this guy, and then he gets bounced. You know, like that's fun. Yeah, I feel like they're uh, still figuring some shit out with who they like and who fits where. Uh, it feels very much like a transitional time where the Tommaso Ciampa's, Johnny Gargano's of the world are 
taking a back seat and we're trying to build new people with the Cameron Grimes, with the Carrion Cross, with the Bronson Reed. And we're still not sure what really is the, you know, sticking factor of the character. Like what sticks with them, the thick boy, or is it the Aussie, uh, brute, you know? So, um, I feel Again, you know, I've said this billions of times, positive and patient NXT, positive and patient. Uh, that was kind of NXT as an, well, that's the NXT design. It still is that like, it still is the, Hey, we got these folks trained in the performance center. They're ready for some live crowds. Hey, these are good. We'll take them up. These folks suck. Let's get rid of them. Okay. Yeah. Next, next folks up. I agree, and this one is even a little bit more so of a pressure cooker because you were building around such guys like Walter uh, who can't make it into the country, and so now we've got to find you know who's going to fill that place, right? And, and so uh, the other aspect of NXT that was such the calling card of why you wanted to watch was the crowd chants, uh, the crowd reactions, and now that you don't have that, you, that you have to like reinvent yourself uh, as far as what you are as a brand, you know? Yeah. What else in um, WWE did you did you catch? Uh, did you see Sasha, Sasha Banks is now your new Raw Women's Champion as Kyrie saying the pirate gets the fuck out of WWE? What'd you think? Um, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah. Look, this is what I'll say. I'll, I'll let you gather your thoughts uh, while I fill some time here. Uh, I think it's really cool to see the women's division be given storylines that isn't just, she's ugly, she's ugly, well, we should fight, or silly things like a karaoke competition then just creates a feud, right? We've seen that on SmackDown. Uh, I like the idea that two women are this dark cloud over the entire women's division in WWE, they're running shit and they're going to let you know they're running shit. And that's really cool, right? That's something that I don't think we've ever seen where the women are the main event storyline right now. And we don't really know where this goes and it hasn't been done before. So I applaud WWE for doing that. The two that they picked, I don't know if I would have picked them, but Hey, Becky's not available. Charlotte's getting new boobs. Uh, Wait, well, hey, I don't like them. So they're doing their job right. Yeah, I don't like them either. They they're very not f- uh, friendly. Or I mean, they're heels, so they're not supposed to be friendly. I guess I just don't like them. Like I don't I don't want to meet them. I don't want to interview them. I don't want to like I don't like them. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know? I don't either. Yeah, and, and you know. Uh, Sasha Banks picks up the victory via count out. Oscar goes to 10 to Kyrie saying as Bailey jumps her backstage. Uh, it was then announced Kyrie saying leaving WWE. Uh, as you know, Tim and longtime listeners, I never liked that character. It's a fucking pirate in 2020. What the, what is that? Right. What is that? And I get it. We have Luchasaurus, a, a dinosaur in AEW. I know, but some things hit and some things don't. And a fucking pirate doesn't hit with me. And, and oh, so well, that's because they're going to give that to Alistair Black. He's going to be the new pirate. Yeah. So apparently what, what, how do you think he gets repackaged? Cause that's the, the rumor. A fucking pirate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, 
You know what? He could come back at SummerSlam because the other rumor, if you want to start to uh, peek behind the curtain, uh, is that SummerSlam might be taking place on a boat. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you need a pirate. <laughs> right? Man, Kyrie Singh left at the exact wrong time. That was the one time he's I would have been be, into her character is if they do a show on a boat and she like hijacks the boat because she's a pirate. Be Alistair Blackbeard the pirate. <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness sakes. Um yeah, I don't know, man. So Sasha Banks Bailey doing the women's version from the 2001 storyline of the two-man power trip it feels like. At least it has elements of that with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. Uh this one I think is going to be a little bit more different cuz obviously they're different characters and we can tell some different stories, right? Like uh, hopefully neither one gets injured because obviously that's what stopped the Stone Cold Steve Austin Triple H storyline. Um, so we'll see where it goes. I am you interested. To, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm really interested to see what the you know how this unfolds. Um, what else was interesting was the show started with Randy Orton with another damn good promo out there, basically calling out Drew McIntyre, and I like the way he did. He was like, "No, I like this guy. He just got what I want." <laughs> like, yeah, sucks. I think. I think Randy Orton benefits the most from no crowd because then he doesn't get distracted by looking at people and he can memorize his, you know, 23 page script and mm. he just goes out there and he does it and then he gets the fuck out of there. Right. Like he probably loves this more than anyone else because it's like, I've been doing this for 12 to 15 years or, you know, however long it's been. I've been to the hundred thousand seat WrestleMania things. I just want to get a fucking paycheck and have some fun. And you know, it's fun not hearing fucking little kids yell at me, right? Like I can just fucking cut a promo and go home. Exactly. Yeah. That was basically it that I cared about. I don't know. Yeah. So SmackDown, uh, doesn't necessarily have direction. Uh, as we mentioned at the very top of the show, we are uh, recording this while SmackDown is going on. So there could be some late breaking news. Otis cashes in, uh, his money in the bank. I don't know. We still haven't seen Braun Strowman, so maybe he's still uh, swimming in a lake. I don't know. Um, yeah, SmackDown is unwatchable. Raw is getting better. I will give credit to some of those heels, right? The the Seth Rollins is, is getting good. I like that he forced um, Buddy Murphy or Buddy or Murphy, whatever the fuck we're calling him, to to you know, take out Aleister Black's mm-hmm, eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Randy Orton, like you said, just being this, hey, guys, I like him too, but fuck him, he has my belt. <laughs> you know, like, I can get behind that, you know? How many times yeah. in, in mixed martial arts or boxing or any type of, uh, you know, uh, competitive nature, even football, b- basketball, baseball, where they're like, no, he's a fine person or she's a fine person, but I'm the best, and so I'm going to show you that I'm the best. Um, yeah, we'll see what that – what do you think, though? Just off the top of your head, gun to your head, uh, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre. Drew retains, or are we getting a new champ with Randy Orton? Man, uh, I think they may go with Randy Orton, but – I don't know. I think they are trying to build Drew as that, you know, we don't know what the deal with Roman is, Will you know, and mm. the people seem to not like him anyway. I think they're trying to make Drew that next Cena-like guy, if, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Drew 
adds Randy Orton to uh, be another you know feather in his cap. Because as I mentioned, Raw is doing really good stuff, but it's all done by heels. So it's like there has to be some savior to this brand because it's MVP and Bobby Lashley. It's Seth Rollins and Murphy. Uh, it's um, it, it's Randy Orton. It's these guys where it's like, okay, they're all heels. So who's going to like stand up to them? Or are they going to start fighting each other? Because something has to happen. And I think if at this point, if Drew McIntyre were to lose, what would you do, right? Turn him as the you know destructive heel because now he's lost his championship and everyone will pay. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, yeah, Raw's doing gr- really good work with their heels, but they are really lacking with baby faces, and they have them there. I there's some people that I would really love that they would get behind uh, a Mustafa Ali. I think he could be the face of your brand. I I think he's a million. You bucks think so, huh? I do. I think he has a great move set. He has merchandise that kids will buy, a la Rey Mysterio with all the you know lights and uh fat you know flashy uh little whatever it is in his hand. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, his move set is appealing, right? It, it's on par with a Seth Rollins. He can give you a classic WWE match or he can do a 680 inverted tail whip or whatever the fuck they're calling it today. Um, and he can represent your brand, right? He's a, I, I think he's a, a total package. He might be small in size, but as a baby face, you might need that, right? Like we, we were talking about. I don't want Roman Reigns to be the face of my company because fuck that guy. He's too good looking and he's in shape. What the hell? You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Not too many people are going to identify with Roman Reigns. And, and that's what I'm like saying. Yeah. They're living vicariously through him. Right. And that's what I'm getting at. Uh, if anyone hasn't caught on is John Cena for being a big, huge fucking guy still gave that off because he did dress a little bit like a Boston guy, right? Like where he had some jorts and a Jersey and you know well, what and I mean? He talked so, that so way he, too. people could still identify with him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had a charisma to him that was approachable where Roman Reigns has charisma as well, but he has that charisma of like it's a mysterious. You're like, uh, yeah, I don't like that guy. He's gonna take home my wife. Or shit, I'm, I'm almost going home with him. Like, I don't. Wanna... <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do I feel inside? I don't know. You want to hug Roman? I don't know what the fuck's happening. I'm hugging Roman Reigns. I guess you know. Like, I want to hug him. Why? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know? know. I don't like him, but I want to hug him. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, but with Mustafa Ali, yeah, he's he he's more relatable. I I think. I like the underdog thing that you could do, you know, going back a, a few years with a Daniel Bryan, you could do s- similar storylines with that. Um, a ricochet is another guy. I think you should be building up as a baby face. Amazing move set. Uh, I like the tag team idea of him and, uh, Cedric though. Oh, I do too. And as far as like a tag team, uh, to challenge the, the street profits. Yeah, let's do that. That that's a, that's a, feud i'd want to see turn street profits heel stop making them a character of cool guys because that's what you've done uh they're just they're acting cool instead of being cool and we've seen enough of them to know that they are cool so it's irritating to watch them because it's not what they should be doing right and turn them heel make them uh, a little bit more edgy and the foil to their championship reign is Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Like, I think that's a perfect tag team to, to feud with. Um, but yeah, Raw needs some baby faces, don't you think? 
Oh, I do agree. Um, I do agree with that a lot. Um, God, there was something else, but maybe I forgot. Eh, who cares? Um, <laughs> you know, there you go. Oh, you ah, know, I think I, I I think Ricochet should start using the Richard O'Shea name. Okay, take it easy. No, I do. I think I think you should use it. Take it. Should be Richard easy. O'Shea. All right. What, what do you want him to wear? Khakis and a solid polo and start yes, golfing? he could be like Kerwin White. Oh, geez, Tim, these are not good ideas. These are not good ideas. I didn't say these were good ideas. Well, well, hey, then pitch them to Bruce Pritchard. He'll listen because look at fucking SmackDown. I just pulled it out of my box of gimmicks. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, just, okay. (laughs) Conrad Thompson uh, is a heaven sent for having to deal with the personalities he does on his shows. Because I would be driving to their house and taking a baseball bat to their windows for yeah, how annoying. I mean, if we're being somewhat honest, you know, he's a bit of a. Oh, you know, and that's why they. Tropes as well. Yeah, and that's why I think they get along so well. Uh, but I couldn't talk to Bischoff and Pritchard. And uh, Arn Anderson seems cool. I do like Arn Anderson. Uh, but man, uh, yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow, let's not leave on that note. Uh, what are you looking forward to? Let's leave it on that because the week in wrestling was kind of a subpar week. What are you looking for uh, as we move ahead in this wacky world of pro wrestling? You know, there isn't that one thing right now. The Randy Orton thing, I think, is the thing I'm looking forward to each week the most when I'm like, ah, I wonder what is going to happen this week. Um, that's the thing most recently I've been finding myself saying, but he also didn't leave us with anything like, oh man, he's going to punt somebody this week. So I don't know about like this week, if that's my you know biggest thing, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. probably that the, the debate. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fun. I think what I'm looking forward to the most is the payoff of this FTR, Kenny Omega, hangman, Adam page, young bucks kind of trio storyline that we're, we're, we're getting told you know there's a lot of fun elements to it but very similar to colt cabana being um gullible you can only do that for a certain amount of weeks and you can only do this whole hangman's with ftr again i guess we'll let it slide one more week like there has to be that what the fuck's going on hangman or what the fuck's going on kenny omega you know whatever it is um so i'm excited for that that's what where i think uh, my favorite storyline is going to be, but yeah, to your point immediately next week, I think that debate with the special moderator, whoever that will be, uh, Chris, o- Chris, o- Jericho, Chris Jericho and orange Cassidy. That that's going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. And this was a lot of fun. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so check us out. Spanish Check out Tom's top five pro wrestling's premier ranking system. And I mean, premier, uh, top of the line, top premier. shelf, just like this Terramana baby. Uh, and this week was excellent. I agreed uh, wholeheartedly with your top five, uh, excellent choices. I won't spoil it for anybody. Thanks. Um, um, except I'll, I'll say one of them has initials. Um, yeah. <laughs> check out the website check us out table show on twitter use hashtag tweet the table we're on the facebook the instagram uh tom will never be on tiktok so nope, um, nope. i'm uh, done yeah. with all that stuff so good luck tim <laughs> all right hey, you can you can create us one uh, tim if you want to create us a tiktok by all means i'll dance and, and clap 
for money. Whatever. Yeah, whatever you want me to you, do. You're you're not hearing what TikTok is. But all right. <laughs> Isn't that TikTok? You dance for money? You you you're no. Lana. You're no. Lana and you get a bikini and then you do like this is my dance. I go to Lana the Lana does the that on TikTok. Hey, isn't that what we all do on TikTok? No. If you want to do that on TikTok, you can do that on TikTok. That's all you... Hey, if you want to create a Spanish announce table TikTok, I'm not stopping you. But what I'm telling you is I'm not downloading the app. My apps are done. I, I have stopped. I'm up to here with these apps. <laughs> I've had enough with apps. They stopped in 2019. I'm not doing any more. Uh, so anything that comes after, fuck it. <laughs> it's done. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm just I'm officially old. I'm just done. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm old. Where's my newspaper? The Spanish announce table.